Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Daniel Hagen and some of our key leaders. So, today I just wanted to um, introduce you to some of our, some of the legends that are in our church and uh, various departments that they lead and, um, and just point out a, a couple of things. But before I throw to them, I'm going to ask them a few questions and they're going to be sharing their heart as well. We've got some scripture that we're going to give you this morning. Anyone like the Bible? Yeah. Awesome. So we've got plenty of scripture for you this morning. Um, but I just, some of you guys may or may not know this. I want to just quickly give you a, a snapshot or just show you the, the macro uh, picture. So the big picture of Fire Church Ministries. We minister to uh, estimated around 500 people every week across four locations. So we consider ourselves as one church in four locations. So Seaford is one of those locations. We uh, we meet in the Haw- in Hawthorne, in the Gippsland, and in Geelong. And actually, straight after these two services, I head across to Gippsland, and we're going to be baptizing 13 people over in the Gippsland. So. Let's give Jesus some praise for that. So Chelsea and I, right on cue. Chelsea, everybody. Thanks, darling. You've been crying again in the worship. Have you? Beautiful. All right. So Chelsea and I are the what we call the general overseas. So we generally oversee uh, all of those locations. And uh, we're we're trying very much to go by biblical leadership models. So, for example, in Exodus chapter 18, you can read about a man named Jethro, and he was actually the father-in-law of Moses. And so Moses was leading a whole bunch of people that had a great victory. He led them out of captivity in Egypt um, but there was a point where Moses was really starting to get burnt out because he was trying to lead the people all on his own. And so Jethro, his father-in-law, uh, sat down with him and said, this is not good, the way that you're leading is not good, and uh, you're going to burn out, it's not going to be good for the people. And so he gave Moses a leadership model, which was really amazing. He said, instead of you trying to do everything, Set up leaders uh, that will lead thousands, leaders that will lead 100 people, leaders that will lead 50s, and leaders that will lead 10s. And so spread the workload, delegate leadership to others, and you more take on the more difficult uh, problems that come through, but let the other leaders deal with the other issues as they uh, feel led and as God gives them wisdom. So that's pretty good wisdom, and I think for any church... uh, you know, I think gone are the old, is the old model where the pastor uh, does everything and burns out. Um, the pastor really should be equipping uh, the church to help uh, do the ministry. Amen? Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 is another great uh, New Testament example of that. Ephesians 4.11 says the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist is there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Um, and so I'm going to be talking to some of our leaders here. They lead various departments. They've been chosen by God and, and they've been people that we really endorse and that we love and they actually help lead the church on a micro level. So we've got the macro level, the bigger picture, 
but the, the micro level, the smaller groups, is really the heartbeat of the church. Um, you can have, you know, there's only so much you can do on a Sunday morning in an hour and a half. But churches every day and all of those smaller groups that we have uh, are really, really important for the health of the church, for community, but also for discipleship. And that is our mandate, is to make disciples. Amen? Matthew 28 talks about that. Uh, Paul was another example of an apostolic leader that didn't necessarily uh, do all the work, but he did work through key people that he selected, such as uh, Titus, Timothy, just to name a few examples, where he would go in, establish churches, pioneer things, break things open, but then he would uh, release other leaders uh, to continue the ministry work, and then often he would go on after a couple of years and then go and break open another area and pioneer another area. And often that's what you'll see if someone's apostolic or have that uh, gift of an apostle, you'll see often that's what they'll be doing. They'll be in an area for a season and God will release them to break open another area, break open another area. And then like he said to Timothy and Titus, um, look to establish elders in, in every city. So leadership's really important. Uh, what we do on a macro level is important, but also on a micro level is important. So we've got uh, senior leaders in every location as well. So predominantly uh, our role at the moment, Chelsea and I, we're uh, working with and through the senior leaders of the various locations. If you didn't know already, we're a part of Australian Christian Churches, which is the largest Pentecostal denomination in Australia. Uh, and, uh, and we enjoy being a part of that. And they help us to make sure that we stay up to date with the legal framework, the legal requirements, uh, for a not-for-profit church, and uh, so we are a registered not-for-profit incorporation, a church that is a part of a wider body uh, in terms of the Australian Christian churches as well. So uh, we have a board of uh, eight people that help govern the other uh, locations with Chelsea and I. So we, Chelsea and I set the vision, but the board are there to help uh, with uh, wisdom, counsel, accountability, uh, financial accountability, uh, so we have internal accountabilities with finance as well as external in terms of ASIC and what you need to be a not-for-profit uh, organization as well. Uh, Alex and Jess have recently been appointed. Uh, so Jess is here representing Kids Church today, but she's also uh, one of our exec executive pastors with Alex. Shout out to Alex, by the way, and all their team in the Philippines right now. You should follow them on Insta Story. It's pretty exciting already. They couldn't even wait until they got to the Philippines. They're preaching on the plane, and Mark uh, Katamora is going for it in the plane. And I think they're already getting people saved before they even got to the Philippines. So awesome. So uh, Alex and Jess. So they predominantly are leading this house, but they're also helping coach the other leaders as well. And so we have our team that comes in on a Tuesday during the day, and uh, and it's a great day, isn't it? It's really good. And we actually just came back from the ACC uh, state conference. So there was further ongoing like development and training for our leaders. And we all went in together, which was awesome. All right, we've got a whole bunch of departments. Um, Ash listed some of those departments uh, just in terms of the uh, announcements there. But uh, missions is a big part of what we do. We help Rescue Australia, which is Frank Clancy. And uh, he has a team and they are constantly going and uh, ministering to predominantly indigenous communities around this country. Uh, we support Liberty Missions, which recently you've heard, uh, you would have heard Ash and Roz preaching here. And so they work in South Africa, but they're looking to go back into Mozambique. They were kind of pushed out of Mozambique. Uh, they were 
uh, Heidi and Roland's uh, Baker's uh, directors in the northern north part of Mozambique. They bought a house there, but they've been pushed out because of the terrorism that's happening at the moment. So keep them in your prayers because their house is still there, but they can't get back to the, to the house at the moment. So they're working in South Africa. They're working in Mozambique. At the moment, they're actually in Australia for another few weeks, but they're heading back there. So keep them in your prayers. But that we support them uh, every uh, financially as well as um, with our love and with our prayer, and we send people there as well. Iris Global, we love what they're doing across the globe. Uh, Gabe and Charity are doing a work in Nicaragua. Is that how you pronounce it? Nicaragua. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? Uh, <laughs> Pakistan, we do some work there. Philippines, uh, obviously Compassion. Uh, we love working with Compassion as well. So there's some of the missions projects that we have on the go. And Actually, over the last six years, we've given over $100,000 towards uh, various mission projects, which is amazing, isn't it? So let's give Jesus some praise for that. And a lot of that is in really poor and persecuted nations as well. Uh, this year, we helped two local pregnancy crisis centers. So Chelsea had on her heart to really help out um, pregnancy crisis centers in Frankston, which was amazing. So every year, we... We just pray and we say, God, what local uh, communities can we invest into? What local projects can we invest into that are really going to help this area? So that was great. Uh, Awakening Europe, Awakening Australia, Awakening Music is a part of our missions project as well. And obviously, many of you probably know the great things that God's doing through those ministries. House fires, this is the local work we do. Wildfire outreach, we're going to hear about that in a moment. Prayer meeting, kids church, Awaken Youth, Fire Folk, Living Free. Uh, lots of different uh, programs to help in fellowship and community. Uh, from time to time, we run men and women's fellowship events. Uh, we have a music and creative ministry, young adults, uh, new Christians course, which is just beginning. And we just started a fire business community as well to equip business people to bring the kingdom. And that was a great launch. We had, I think we had about, was it 50 people for the first one for that? So that's, a, that's amazing. But today, we're going to be talking to Kristen, Steve, my dad, Tony, and Jess, who's actually my sister, if you didn't know that as well. So we've got some family up here today. Um, so Jess, because you're closest to me, I might start with you. So um, now you're obviously doing a few, few things as a, a pastor, um, but your heart is uh, for the kids. You love the kids and you've raised up a great team. Now I just want to get you, if you can, to share your heart with us uh, surrounding the kids' ministry. And uh, I know it's on your heart that it's not uh, daycare, where we're just, you know, babysitting the kids, but it's actually kids' ministry. So can you speak into that and just take that time to share? Absolutely. So I find it the, my greatest privilege to be running uh, the kids' ministry, leading the team of people. So uh, thankfully, it's not uh, just me on my own. Uh, you can't run a kids' ministry, by the way, on your own. You're not allowed to <laughs> legally. But uh, you just can't anyway. You can't, everything that we're doing here, you can't do on your own. So I'm very thankful for the team of about 15 people on our team that helped me run the kids' ministry here at Seaford. Uh, and, you know, the greatest thing about kids' ministry is that you know that you're investing into an age group where they are soaking it in. So when you speak to them about God, when you open up the Word of God, when you worship, you know, they are the most receptive people uh, out of all of us. And, and I count it a great privilege that God would choose uh, me um, to be able to uh, invest into their lives. And, and uh, is it okay if I read you a scripture that's been on my heart about kids, Min? Awesome. Let me open it up, make sure I read the right thing. 
So it's in Deuteronomy, and we're going to chapter 6, and I'm reading verses 5 to 7. It might come up on the screen, actually, if it's available. Uh, Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And, you know, I believe that what we're doing here in, we, in Fire Kids with our 3 to 12-year-olds um, is partnering with families. So, you know, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're a caregiver, uh, you know, I, we sometimes from time to time, time to time have foster parents and, and different family situations. But, you know, what we're doing and what we're, what we're believing that we want to invest into, your, into the kids of this house is that we would partner with families to really teach them the way that they would stay on track, that they would be kids who grow up to be teens, who grow up to be young adults, who grow up to be adults, who just continually love Jesus and follow his ways. And so I don't believe that it's solely our job. And I also don't believe that it's solely the parents' job. I believe as a, as a community, as a church family, that we would together invest into our kids. And I know there will be a great return on that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the interesting thing about kids, Min, is that uh, I speak to our, to our team about, you know, you're, we together, we're, we're sacrificing, you know, when they're rostered on to be upstairs. It is a sacrifice. They, get, they miss out on being down here and, uh, and they're with the kids. But... Uh, God never leaves it as that. There's always a great blessing and, you know, we're investing into the kids, but what they give back to us is just phenomenal and, and seeing the growth in them and just the connection that we're growing. At the start of this year, I spoke to the team. I always pray over the sort of the new year time and, and say, God, you know, what's what do you want to speak into uh, this ministry in this, this area this year? And uh, I really felt strongly that the Lord said connection. So not just teaching the kids, not just running a great program, but really connecting with them individually, getting to know them. Um, and, and then we started doing that, you know, just really spending the time and asking the kids how their week's been and just trying to have those individual conversations amongst the large group. And then you see just these beautiful uh, friendships develop and also the kids building friendship in, in their community as well. And so um, it's been a great blessing. I don't count it as a sacrifice anymore. I count it as a great blessing to, to be not just when I'm up there, but to be leading the team as well. That's cool. Let's give Jesus some praise for that. I know the Bible says, um, train your children up in the ways of God, and when they're older, they will not depart. And I think that's a really important scripture, I think, for our families to understand that. I think, you know, predominantly and primarily, it's the parents' responsibility to train their children up. But uh, a big part of that is to encourage them to be planted and plugged into local church. And, uh, and to be involved in, in an amazing uh, ministry. And I'm really grateful uh, for my time as a kid in, in church. Although I went off track as a teenager, uh, I, was, I came back at the age of 24. And, and a big part of that is because the seeds that were planted in my heart as a kid. I remember sometimes, uh, there was one, a couple of times actually at the Pally Bar in Frankston. We're up there with the band just about to play. And I would have like an old Sunday school song that would just start to, like, I'm high on speed and ecstasy and all this sort of stuff, and 
just before we're about to start, I'd have this Sunday school song, like, Jesus loves you, this I know, like, just start to well up in my, my brain, I'm like, what is going on, I'm tripping out, and the song's about Jesus coming up in my, in my brain, but that, that, was, that was God reaching me, getting to me, but that's because of the seeds that were planted in my heart as a kid, so uh, we're, I'm really, really grateful for your heart, and also the way that you're um, inspiring other leaders, there's some great leaders in our um, kids' ministry, and so that's a big part of our role as leaders is to inspire other leaders because we need leaders that make leaders, disciples that make disciples. So if you are interested in being part of something like that, of course, we'll, we'll um, give you some more information on that shortly as well. Cool. Anything else you want to share, Jess? Um, just a couple of highlights, if that's okay. Because I know when you're down here, we call it big church down here, uh, that you don't necessarily see what's happening upstairs, although I'm always an open book if you're a parent or anyone you want to ask uh, what we're learning about or anything like that, uh, please ask me or anyone who's upstairs. But uh, some of the highlights uh, over the last six months we've been, uh, we taught the kids recently on uh, the fruit of the spirit went through the nine fruits of the Spirit that are listed in Galatians. And then, you know, as uh, my team, we were just starting to comment over that time that we could literally see, like, the changes in some of the kids. And it was just amazing. And and, uh, also seeing some of our, you know, you might, you you meet a child and you think they're the shy kid. And then you ask kids, who wants to come up and pray for one of the other kids? And suddenly it's the shy, quiet kid who gets up and says this radical prayer and lays hands on some of the other kids. and, And you see the kids who maybe you know, you don't think they're listening, but then they're the ones dancing in worship. And they're, you know, we say they can do whatever dances they want and, and we lead the way. And we get a bit uh, bit silly up there, but it's fun. And so it's just, yeah, some of the highlights have been uh, just seeing, you know, what we're praying for, what we're believing for happen in that little short window that we spend with the kids on a Sunday as well. But we're praying for your kids during the week. Uh, we're, we're asking God, you know, where do you want to take this thing? What's the next topic? What what do we need to teach them? And so I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that this is led by the Holy Spirit and not by my great ideas, um, because sometimes they're not great. <laughs> and so God's really done an amazing thing. And uh, we're believing for more. We're believing in growth by number, but growth uh, in the kids in their relationship with God. Praise God. That's, that's really cool. So we really want to be, and, and I believe we are, a generational church where um, we care about the kids, uh, it's from, from the youngest to the oldest. It's the same Holy Spirit. Uh, everyone has a call. Everyone has a plan. Everyone has a place. And I think that's really important that people understand everyone has a place. And so, uh, Dad, or you guys know him as Tony or Anthony, uh, can you share your heart on, I know you lead a couple of areas in our uh, local church, but specifically today we've asked you to share around Firefolk, and uh, it's been awesome what's been, I, I love following along on social media, and sometimes we get to catch up, we get to hear some testimonies, and it's been some wild things actually happen, but uh, share, share your heart on it. Yeah, well, it really started um, over a year ago, and uh, it's just an idea somebody had, and my heart was for that. Uh, being of a particular age, uh, sometimes you can feel like you get put on the back burner and, uh, and that you're really not that important anymore. Uh, it's, you know, they're, they're all lies from, from the enemy. Uh, but you do, you do feel it. And um, uh, particularly when uh, young people raise up, uh, are risen up, and uh, they really shine bright, which is a fantastic thing. But it can put you in a position where you think, well, it looks like I'm done, but you're not. <laughs> God's never finished with you. 
Yeah. So, uh, and that, that's a word that the, uh, the Holy Spirit gave me was, uh, God's not done with me yet. And um, Philippians 1.6 uh, says that very clearly, that, you know, it's not over until the race is over. And, um, and this is what it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, let me read that again. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of, of Christ Jesus. Now, uh, we can actually feel that. It don't, you don't have to be of a certain age to feel that. You can be a teenager and feel like, you know, I'm never going to be used. But it's just not true because God's got a plan for your life that only you can fulfill. No one else can do it. Inside of, of you, God's created this big void uh, because he wants to fill that with his Holy Spirit. And uh, so if you're giving your life to God, the Holy Spirit lives inside you and he wants to do things in your life. Go back to normal. Um, so it doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, God isn't done with us. He's got a plan for every single child of faith and his plan doesn't change because of your circumstances. It's not going to change. Just because there are things that are happening in your life, God's plan remains the same for your life. Now, that was established before the foundations of the earth. You've got you've to just fit back into that plan. You've got to get yourself back in there and that's usually through prayer and making a few um, positive decisions in your life about how you're going to do that. It really doesn't matter what comes against you. You can, you can sin. You've, you might have been in sin. Uh, you've made big mistakes like I have. Uh, but, you know, um, all you have to do is just get up. Say, I'm going to continue. I'm going to go for God. I'm not going to let the gates of hell prevail against me. And it's as simple as that, quite often. Um, so you can be put on the back burner. Anyone can be put on the back burner. But like I said, of a particular age, uh, it's more likely. Um, and those things that can put you on the back burner can be sin, failure and circumstances. They try to extinguish the fire in your life. Your own beliefs and wasted time can keep you simmering as well. Now, they're all real serious things in your life. Um, and just the acknowledgement of growing old is really, um, really in the eyes of God, is sinful. Um, because in your heart and in your spirit, you're not getting old. You're actually getting younger. If we could all go back, if you're of a certain age, There'd be things in your life that change. And uh, your heart cry might be, give me another chance. And many of us feel this way and wish we could go back and have another go at it. You'd do things differently. But, you know, we all have the spirit that Elijah had. You know, um, 
Elijah did amazing things and we're, we're under a, a better covenant now than what these guys ever were. You know, so um, uh, and this is uh, from 1 Kings 18.46. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. The Lord gave Elijah special strength. Now, there's a few symbolic things there. He tucked his cloak into his belt. And for me, when, when I read that for the first time, I thought, uh, in my life, I've, I've got to tuck a few things into my belt so that I can run. You know, and they're symbolic of um, things that might get in your way in your life. You know, that could be, um, it could be smoking, it could be whatever. I'm just... Uh, Picking on one thing, you know, I smoked for 25 years while I was a Christian, and um, I tried to hide it. Of course, everybody could smell it. <laughs> you know, I used to hide it from pastors, and if they'd come, I'd quickly put the cigarette out. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, that's just one thing. But it can be anything in your life that stops you from running with God, and God wants you to run with Him. Um, so we need to run ahead. Of Ahab. Ahab, of course, was uh, an evil ruler in Israel. So we need to run ahead of Ahab right up to the entrance of Jezreel. And of course, Jezreel is symbolic of a lot of other things as well, you know, like it's where some of the major battles happened. Um, so, yeah, as far as fire folks concerned, um, we need to. Uh, I, I try and give people, the older people, uh, a, a, a voice. You know, if you've got a gifting in God, um, let me know. If you feel like you're on the back burner, I want to give you a voice. I want to give you the opportunity to, um, you know, just just to put it out there to to get you inspired again. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a ministry, uh, but you need to be inspired. You know, I've got this great saying, and it's copywritten now. If you're inspired, you won't get tired. <laughs> it's true. It's a good word right there. It's great. Um, yeah, one of the one of my favourite uh, testimonies so far was just hearing that you got a cafe owner born again in Turidan, and then you invited all of the uh, fire folk to have a meeting in their cafe on a on a Sunday. You bought oh no on a Saturday. You bought church That's to right, them, yeah, which was yeah. so awesome. Um, you know, John. Uh, the Apostle John, at the age of, some scholars say around 90 years old, he was on the Isle of Patmos, and his time wasn't over, even though he was in a different environment, and uh, it was, he was under you know, persecution, his time wasn't over, and some of his best work was actually done uh, after the age of 90, wow. and uh, he had that revelation, that encounter in the Spirit, where he actually wrote through the Holy Spirit, wrote the book of Revelation, which we are still uh, trying to work out today and, and still using as, uh, as Christian doctrine today. So, and that was 90 plus years old. So it's, it's never over. While you're on this earth, God's got something for you to do. So let's give it up for Dad. <laughs> Kristen. Now, Kristen leads one of our house fires, home groups. Uh, very important uh, part of our heartbeat and what we do in terms of community and discipleship and I know it's dear to your heart as well so can you share uh, regarding house fires 
Um, so Ash mentioned it before, but community is so important and it's such a beautiful thing and it is so easy to feel lonely sometimes in a church full of people and um, I've been there. I've been to churches where we haven't made those connections and you come in and out each week and you sort of just go through the motions and it's very easy to just some Sundays, ah, do we need to go? No one really know. And um, yeah, being a part of a house fire, being a part of a small group, um, it's just a beautiful way to build that community. It, it makes the church feel small and it's almost like, I don't know if you've had it when you're at work and you know, you've got your work colleagues and it's a little bit awkward and you're like, hi, how are you? But then you go out with them, you know, you might go to movies or you might go to a cafe and you have that deeper connection and then once you get to work the next day, it's like, hey, and you, you know, you've, it, it becomes more fun yeah. and more easy. It's, it's like that with a, a small group and I've noticed it too since having our house fire that, um, you know, one, you know, you see people, you see, you know, these people from your house fire and it's like you're this little family and, and it, it makes church so much more fun and so much more beautiful and, and I love that. Um, it's also, um, it, it's a place where you can, uh, you know, you've got this little army behind you and, um, you know, I, I can only speak for our, our house fire but, you know, we're so real and so honest and so raw and it's not a place where you have to come and be whole and be perfect or, or anything like that. But, you know, it's a place where we talk about our struggles and things that we really need help with and things that we need prayer for. And, and you know, I want people to come and, and you know, we can eat yummy food and have lots of coffees that Jai makes and all those great things. But really, I want people to know that they can leave completely differently to what they came. And, and, and not just them, but me. You know, I go to bed differently to what, you know, from 7 a.m. to you know, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., sometimes I'm a completely different person. And, and having that time together, um, you know, Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 talks about, you know, spurring each other on in good deeds and encouraging one another. And, you know, it's you've got people in your corner who you're accountable to and, and um, you know, that are believing with you. And I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've had messages during the week of encouragement just when I need it. And, you know, I'm meant to be the leader, but these, these people in my house fire, they're, they're encouraging me and they're helping me with my life. And, and we just want to do that all for each other. And, and it honestly does, to me, feel like a family is being formed. And, you know, they're my people. And it's just, it's so awesome to have that. I feel so blessed to be able to lead that. So, yeah, it's cool. That's great. Beautiful. Let's give it up. Kristen, that's awesome. I love that community, uh, the fellowship, you know, the, the small groups are, are so important. I liked how you, you mentioned accountability, encouragement. So often there can be coaching that takes, takes place in there as well. It's an opportunity to really unpack scriptures, to go deeper. There's only so much you can do on a Sunday morning, but to get into those small groups and really ask questions, to go deeper, Often we'll run different themes from time to time throughout the year. Uh, and so, um, yeah, you're doing a great job. And that photo, can we just go back to that photo? That's just some of the other house group leaders. I think that was one of the house group leader uh, gatherings, if we could go back there. Can we go back to that photo of all the, the, the house fire photo that you had there? There we go. So there's some of our leaders just catching up there. And uh, so there's all different groups, and the groups are growing as well, which is great, and we're going into different areas. So, yep, let's give it up for Kristen and all our, our house fire leaders as well. All right, 
So we've, we've talked about the importance of generations, and now we're talking about discipleship, community, the important aspects of local church, and now, of course, a big part of, uh, of what we do and what we'll always do is the outreach. So Steve, could you share your heart, bro, in terms of the wildfire outreach? Yeah, sure. So I'd like to start off with this scripture from Matthew 9, 35. If we could have that on screen, please. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. They were all harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, I grew up on a farm and I know a bit about... um, sowing and reaping into the fields and um, yeah God showed me a a lot about that and um, there's a season for us to reap there's a season for us to sow and um, we should never underestimate the power of the seed amen so it all started for me 15 years ago when I was born again Uh, I was in a church in Cranburn and um, first time I stepped foot in the church uh, after the service I heard people praying in the spirit praying in tongues and didn't have a clue what they were doing and I asked this guy what what are you doing and he said I'm praying in tongues it's uh in the book of Acts and he showed me he said would you like to pray in tongues and I'm like sure why not so he laid hands on me and next thing I was praying in the spirit I was baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire hallelujah so um spirit of God came on me and I'm in church a week later and my pastor um had a word for me and he said God's telling me that I'm calling you to be an evangelist I'm like oh okay Anyway, I meet Frank Clancy a couple of weeks later, and Pop has the same word. God's calling you to be evangelist. I'm like, okay. And I met Tim Hall a month after that. Tim had the same word. And um, anyway, as time went on, I had about another half a dozen people say the same thing over a period of six months, and it was like, okay, God, I get it. You're calling me to be an evangelist. So I went out in the street for the first time with Pop, uh, 15 years ago and Pop's like look I'll show you how you do it mate it's simple it's easy we'll go out and have fun and yep yeah, just follow my lead and so I went out with Pop and yeah had an absolute ball and there was a little bit of fear there of course being the first time we all have that fear and um, as time went on the more I went out that fear just started to drop off the fear of man and and all that rejection and all that stuff that comes with it but um, after a while um the more you step out and the more you do it like anything, the more you step out of your comfort zone, God really starts to move. And we're not going out alone. We, we go out with a, with a full armour of God, with a Holy Spirit who enables us and empowers us and equips us and anoints us to, to pray, proclaim the good news, to, to set the captives free, to see the people healed and set free and delivered from all kinds of different demonic uh, strongholds, bondages, sickness, disease. And that's what I love about it, just seeing God move. We've seen uh, God really move um, in many signs and wonders. We have regular divine appointments, um, words of knowledge, um, and we're seeing a lot of people um, set free. There was a guy on the street a few weeks ago. He had just got out of prison, and uh, God highlighted him to me. And I approached him and just went up and said, mate, Jesus loves you. And he started crying, and he said, oh, mate, you know how much I need to hear that I've been calling out to God crying out to God for so long and I just need to hear that and it's perfect timing I said yeah mate this is what what we call a divine appointment God just loves you mate and uh, 
he wants to help you and he'd been addicted to drugs and in and out of jail and prison and I was able to share with him that I was, I was a prison officer a few years ago and how God opened up the doors for me to reach out to different prisoners and um, praise God I had favour. The general manager of the prison was a Christian himself, so praise God for that. But yeah, just the experiences um, I've seen and we've got great other leaders who come out regularly um, and we have a great time. It's a lot of fun. So I just want to encourage people if if fear is holding you back or just the busyness of life, we go out on Friday nights and then the next week we go out on a Saturday morning. But um, it's a lifestyle. It's something that, you know, we can do every day, um, anytime, whether it's filling up the car at the service station, in a supermarket, just to say those simple words, hey, Jesus loves you. Do you know that Jesus loves you? And I said it to a lady on the street a few weeks ago and she said, I've never heard that before. Thank you so much for telling me that. And she wanted to give me a hug and I'm sure gave her a hug and prayed for her and she felt the presence of God. So we're called to go out and be light in a dark place. We're called to make an impact and and influence uh, this community and to see people uh, saved and healed and delivered. But most again, most important, born again. Born again. So... Yeah, there's some other scriptures that I just want to share, you know, like from Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, think, or even imagine according to the power that is within us. He's given us the power. He's equipped us. Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. So he has empowered us with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. As we go out and just release that kingdom, release the presence people are just going to feel it and sense it and often they do they're just like there's just something different about you guys and we get reports and testimonies all the time of people saying you guys from fire um i had people approach us last week and there's a guy two guys at a bus stop not long ago who um were about to jump on a bus and got to pray for one of them and then the bus pulled up and the other guy had to jump on the bus so he didn't miss it and we saw them a couple of weeks ago and they approached us and the, the guy I didn't get a chance to pray for, he said, mate, can you pray for me now? You know, and I'm like, yeah, sure. And yeah, got to pray for him and yeah, just, uh, just awesome. So, yeah. Let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. All right. I want to invite everyone to stand to their feet. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.